Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to episode 37 of the Millionaire Muslim podcast. And if you've not listened before, this is a podcast by myself, Mosin, and my co-founder, Ibrahim, over at islamicfinanceguru.com. And this podcast and the website are essentially about helping Muslims to get ahead in their halal investing, entrepreneurship and personal finance journeys. And this episode in particular is a repost of the very first episode that Ibrahim and I recorded. And the reason we're doing that is because the audience has grown so much since then that some of you might have missed some of the gold that we did right at the start so i'm reposting this just to bring this back to your attention it's all about the stock market and how ibrahim and i first started investing in the stock market and what our reflections are on the stock market so you might where you might very well find this useful and the actions i want you to take from this episode are twofold so at the end of it if you think that you know yes you're really interested in the stock market and you kind of want to know a bit more, you want to talk to us a bit more personally perhaps, then get in touch with us, Mohsin at IslamicFinanceGuru.com, Ibrahim at IslamicFinanceGuru.com and let's have that conversation. It'd be really interesting to, to hear what you guys are getting up to and if by the end of it you think, yeah, that all sounds great but you know what, this isn't really for me. I'm much more of a hands-off kind of person. I don't really want to dive into the stock market. Then check out our course, Hands-Off uh, investing um, and it's it's entitled halal investing for busy professionals and it essentially carries on that theme of hands-off investing so i've put the link in the description below if you want to check it out but it's islamicfinanceguru.com forward slash courses and let's dive into the very first episode that ibrahim and i recorded enjoy so Mohsin, first podcast it what is. we uh, we're going to talk about i think we should talk about our biggest lessons in investing so my biggest lesson in investing is make loads of money and do it in a halal way. It's not a bad one, is it? Yeah. No, on a serious note, I think um, when I first started investing, I think that my biggest prohibiting factor was the fact that I always thought that investing was for city professionals rather than everyday people like me and you. Okay. Um, and I suppose because I remember we we had a chat initially when I first started thinking about the stock market and stuff like that many moons ago many moons ago um, and you know I think at the time it was weird because I thought there was there was like a clear way that you could make money from the stock market i.e. that there was a right way and there was a wrong way yeah um, and you see that I mean it does exist uh you know, we've learned a lot more about it now through like technical analysis, yeah. which we might go into either later in this podcast or maybe in a different one. But technical analysis for for those of our audience who don't understand what that is, um, that's basically looking at charts um, and trying to see it as a science. Okay. Um, and so where you see a, a, a price uh, in a chart at a particular point, then, you know, with, with certain tools, um, technical analysts would say that you can predict where the price is going to go and i thought that's what all of stock market investing was um i thought there yeah. was you know this secret that you had to crack um and then once you had those answers you just make money from the stock market um and now that i mean just articulating that right now just sounds ridiculous but actually you know putting myself in the shoes of that person that i was before i started investing yeah 
I actually don't think that's an unreasonable thing to think because people are so daunted by the stock market. Um, like I said, they think it's the domain of city professionals and Wall Street and all that stuff um, that they're just completely put off investing because they don't actually understand what it involves. Yeah. So I suppose what you're saying is it's not rocket science, essentially. Yeah, basically. Um, and it's interesting you say that, actually, because one of the um, one of the books that I always recommend to people who are looking to start out, and definitely you guys listening to this podcast should check it out as well. Um, it's a book by Peter Lynch, and it's called One Up on Wall Street. Um, now, Peter Lynch, for those of you who don't know him, and I'm guessing a lot of our audience don't know who he is, um, he's one of the most successful fund managers in recent history. Um, I think his return was average return uh, was something ridiculous, like twenty nine percent a year, um, which is crazy. I mean, in put it putting in context, uh, what's like the FTSE returned what six percent last year, five percent, like even even less, I think. Yeah, um, and that's in a bull market. Yeah, um, and 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 compare it to a house. I mean, that's an easy way of thinking about, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So if you rent out a house in London, you're going to get five percent return. Yeah. That's that's all right. Yeah. Um it's not amazing. And if you rent a house in I don't know, Bolton or somewhere, yeah. you get eight to ten percent. Yeah, possibly. So yeah. Uh, in and if, if you're investing in stocks, then obviously you want to get more than that to some extent because it's a riskier asset. Mm. Um so you'd want to have a little bit of a premium on top of that. Mm. Um but even then, twenty five percent is still re- like it's much, much more than you'd yeah. expect. So yeah, well, well he was twenty nine percent. So it's, it's even more ridiculous. I see, I see. Um, so... So, all right, so that, there's investing and then there's halal investing, isn't there? Yeah. Um, what's... Because we, we hear that term bandied around quite a bit these days. I mean, I have a certain view of what that means. Mm. Um, what What did you understand from it at the start of your journey, um, as opposed to now? Because obviously now you're the Islamic finance guru, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, halal investing. I mean, I suppose it's what what everyone really. I mean, it's the same view that everyone's going to have when they boil it down. It's just making sure that all your investments are halal, right? But actually getting to that point where you understand what's halal or not is is actually quite tricky. Um, so I know that, for example, I mean, you, you started investing in stocks quite a while back as well, didn't you? Yeah, I think I was still in my diapers at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just trading away. I, I actually remember when I was, um, I was still at university... Uh, it was actually before university I started um, investing, and I remember I was seventeen, so my I, I couldn't legally open a shares account, <laughs> so I had to use my dad's account um, to actually get shares get shares on there, and then I had to memorize my dad's date of birth in case I ever have to call up <laughs> share dot com at the time I was using, um, and then during my uh, gap year, I remember trading on shares using this little netbook that I had, this ASA netbook in uh, the middle of the uh, Saudi desert uh, <laughs> using... Um, what were you doing in the Saudi desert? Oh, I was, uh, it was a black camp. I was getting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting beaten up. <laughs> um, 
for some stock ideas. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I was, we were on the way, because my dad used to work in Saudi, so I was on our way to uh, Umrah. And on the journey, uh, they had these little dongles for internet that you could just use, you know, the, phone, oh, yeah, yeah, the 3G yeah. connection. Yeah. And so I had that going, and I was using a English uh, stockbroker to deal in a Swiss stock <laughs> sat in the middle of the Saudi desert. Fantastic. And I thought, this is this is amazing. Like, this, this is the life. This is technology. Yes. Um, but getting back to the point, so halal investing. Halal investing, yeah, um, sorry. So, yeah, so for me, it was all about, you know, how can I make sure that whatever I'm investing is halal? And I suppose at the start of my journey, it was quite simple. It was, well, you know, you just avoid gambling stocks. You avoid, you know, companies that sell pork or something like that. Um, but then obviously, as you, as you delve into it, um you realize it's a lot more complicated than that <clears throat> um and and you know through the website we get loads loads of queries of people asking the same thing um and so now i've come to understand what it takes to actually uh screen a stock basically so that it's halal so yeah that i mean that's that's basically it right so now i've got my methodology yeah um, i understand you know if i'm doing my normal research on a company um the first thing i'll do and it's the first thing I yeah. do now rather than the last thing I do um, because sometimes you can grow in love with a company and you realise that it's actually haram. Yeah. Oh, that's happened to me a few times. <laughs> there was this, uh, there was recently, there was a, um, there was a, a kettle company mm. that, uh, if any of you have got kettles, which um, now that I've done my research should be most of you apart from the Americans. So the Americans for some reason don't have that many kettles, um, which is bizarre. I mean, you guys need to get on it. Um, Every kettle has this like clicking sound at the end mm. when it finishes boiling, and that mechanism is um, pretty much the domain, like a monopoly of this one company. Okay. Um, and uh, I absolutely love monopolies because you know they're fantastic to buy. We can talk about that later on, maybe. Yeah, Warren, Warren Buffett talks about some of that stuff and when his concept yeah. of moats and and stuff like that but yeah we, we can we can talk about that at some point so you've got this kettle company and uh making profit year on year going up um i really like it um it's got a lot of potential in other areas as well because the same tech can apply elsewhere but sadly it turned and this is you know why uh we always tell our um you know people who our followers and our clients and stuff that you should screen the stock um before you actually do too much research because yeah. otherwise it's a bit of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, don't, so, don't fall in love before you realise it's uh, haram, right? Exactly, exactly. It's the key message. Um, and um, uh, the other thing I was thinking about this whole halal thing is um, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting discussion about whether or not different techniques and different styles of investing are haram or halal as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. So like day trading. Yeah. Um, people say that investing generally they say it can be it's a bit like gambling i don't know what your thoughts are on that um, well uh, yeah i mean i've got some thoughts on that but i'll uh, i'll let you i'll let you carry on <laughs> um so my, i mean my thoughts are i suppose that it, stock trading is um when it's done with a long-term view and when it's done with a uh, view of holding a company um, as a stockholder yeah. as opposed to just a trader I don't think there's very much um, doubt at all in mm. my mind that that's not gambling at all yeah and uh, I suppose that's why that's why I say that I've got some views because that's as you know that's my investing style um, yeah well it's, it's both of our investing style we 
we look for companies that we can see ourselves holding for five, ten, for, well, for life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so I think it is fairly uncontroversial to say that that style of investing is is halal. Um, and then yeah, you're right. You've got people that trade. I mean, it's quite it's quite fashionable, isn't it? Trading. Um, you get all these adverts about you know trade forex and trade the pound and this that the other and we, we've got an article on it on on the website um if you type in forex into islamicfinanceguru.com you'll be able to find it and there's some discussion there about our views on forex for example but um yeah you know that's that's the more glamorous stuff that people get sucked into and i think when people think about the stock market that's actually what a lot of people think about um Whereas actually our, our style is a bit different. So, I, I mean, for me, it's not gambling at all. We do a lot of research when yeah. we put our money in. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when, when people invest money, yeah, um, they've got all sorts of rationale for coming up with, uh, you know, when they should buy, when they should sell, this, that, the other. But often, my view is that if you've researched a company well enough, you should just hold it. Um, and, of course, that's uh, that's Warren Buffett's view as well. Yeah, and um, and I suppose the the other thing um, with with this whole um, halal investment stuff is um, if you are in fact day trading, then I mean putting aside whether or not from a shorty analysis this works or not, um, there's also just a concern that. You, as a retail investor, by retail investor, I mean just ordinary Joe blogs on the street, you're not going to have necessarily the kind of um, computer um, power that yeah. you need these days to be able to compete with, uh, you know, quantum trading that's going on in the city. So let me stop you there. A lot of yeah. our a lot of our audience won't know what goes on in the city and trading and this, that, the other. So why, yeah. don't, you, why don't you talk about... Because um, I think what you're getting at is yeah. human elements and how that's evolved over recent years. So why don't you talk a little bit about that um, in terms of how trading actually happens on the stock market from yeah. a day trading perspective? Um, so uh, historically, you know, you see those pictures of um, uh, brokers who are standing on the stock market floor, waving their little coupons and shouting and screaming. And these days, um, that's not really how it's done. These days, they're, they're all sat in their various different offices. And actually, the, the most important thing these days is the connection you have to um, the internet and the connection you have to the main uh, stock market servers. And so there's, there's actually a bit of a premium, funnily enough, for certain locations that are around the, maybe the London Stock Exchange or other key hubs where all of this financial information is flowing through. Mm. And um, companies will literally compete for that stuff, yeah, um, and uh, and there's you know there's all sorts of um, uh, you know shenanigans that happen on the tech front to get the be- like the, get the advantage, and and the reason why they do that is because investment has changed so dramatically over the last you know decade or so, where now I think they were saying a huge proportion. I'm not sure the exact number like if I can recall correctly, but I think at least twenty five, maybe even fifty percent of of trading that happens on the stock market these days is literally for fractions of seconds or or for you know seconds or minutes mm. um, and it's done by computers yeah. against other computers yeah. and um, that's just crazy 
So I suppose the city has involved a hell of a lot um, and and actually a, a lot of the trades are now quite robotic. Um, but then in a way, doesn't that cut across what you were saying earlier, which is that um, uh, it's not rocket science because literally these days, city uh, banks are hiring rocket scientists <laughs> and then they're, go, you know, they're getting them to trade. So it might actually be rocket science. Is that not, is that fair? No? Well... I mean, it's fair insofar as day trading goes. Um, so you're right. Obviously, you know these computers are carrying out these uh, algo trades, and that's what's happening, and that's what's driving a lot of the stock market. Um, but I want to just get back to reality in terms of people like me, you, and the people listening to this. Where we get involved is we've got you know some money in our bank account. Or we're putting it away into a pension, or you know we're putting it, we're saving some money every month and putting it into you know a stocks ISA or something. Yeah. And we're just looking actually to park our money somewhere where we're going to get a decent return every year. We're not bothered about algo trading and day trading and all that stuff. Um, and actually, there is very much a space for humans in the idea of just you know long term investing. Full stop. Um, and that's that's the point that really that I'm getting at, where it's not rocket science to find a company, research it, and and when I say research it and find a company, I mean Peter Lynch has got a really really interesting example, um, and I'm I'm doing this from memory, so forgive me for for any mistakes, but I'm pretty sure I'm about ninety nine percent right. Um, so what he did, he he went into a school, picked up. Um, I think he got given a class or something like that and he sort of gave them a bit of a briefing on what they should do when they look for companies Okay. Um, quite a simplistic sort of overview um, and then what he did is he observed them coming up with their stocks um, and interestingly the kids went for I mean quite naturally they went for stuff that they liked mm. so for example a lot of them you know, watch certain TV shows. Yeah. Um, that were made by Disney, for example. So they opted to put Disney into their sort of fantasy portfolio, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, with similar rationale. Okay. Um, and actually, one of the things that Peter Lynch talks about is how some of his very best ideas, um, came from ordinary people. So like people like his wife, who wasn't um a city or a or a Wall Street professional. Um, she comes home, tells him about this great thing that she's seen yeah. uh, and that she's picked up, and then that's just that's the thing that inspires Peter Lynch to go and look more at this company. Yeah. Um, and so actually, when you just use your common sense, well, I suppose it's not common sense. It's but it's about thinking about things in a commercial context um, and just making your everyday uh, life and everyday surroundings you know putting a commercial head on it and an investing head on it yeah. um and thinking about you know does this make this company actually have a competitive advantage i suppose that's what in a way that's what a fund manager adds, adds to the mix isn't it so yeah. um i think a lot of people they when they when they start investing they they need to develop a, almost a commercial instinct and a mm. business savvy about them yeah um and not just uh, like a business savvy that you need on the high street, yeah. But almost like a more macro kind of 
business savvy. Mm. Um, so I reckon so like P- Peter, uh, what's he called? Peter Lynch. Yeah, Peter his, Lynch. Yeah. His wife uh, probably had that great idea about oh, this is a company that's doing well. Mm. But it's only Peter Lynch who then goes away and does his due diligence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And out of like the five different conversations he's had from ordering Joe blogs, yeah, he he'll then uh, look at it, look at the financials, yeah, and um, he'll also, and I think this is a key thing from a fund manager's perspective, he'll also just see how it fits in against other companies, yeah, that also do the same thing, yeah. Um, so he'll he'll look at not just on an absolute level is this a good company to invest in fine i'll invest in it but is this the best company that i can invest in in this sector and the reason why he asks in this sector is because he doesn't want to pick 10 different companies but they're all from the different same or similar sectors because then you know you have the whole problem about diversification of risk yeah so absolutely i mean so that's that's the value that a fund manager can can give you so for the audience, a fund manager is someone who basically manages money, um, and you know you guys will be investing in pensions, and that pension money will be going into a particular fund, which I hope is halal, by the way, um, and that fund will have a pen, will have a, a fund manager, sorry, um, and you want it to be someone like Peter Lynch, who's going to return you twenty nine percent every year, although that's very very unlikely. Um, but let's just take a step back and think about, you know. How do me and you do this? How do me and you um, find ordinary companies or how do we find them in our ordinary lives um, and actually stumble across them and think, wow, you know what, that is an amazing investment idea? Um, Because it's all well and good as sitting here and say, you know, Peter Lynch did this. Um, And interestingly, Peter Lynch, in, in the book that I recommended earlier on, One Up on Wall Street, he actually talks about how you know ordinary people like me and you we might think that fund managers get their investment ideas through really sophisticated means but one of the things that he talks about is how a lot of his really good investment ideas were just from ordinary people um so he was talking about taco bell which is one of his great investments he what triggered him to look into taco bell was that he had a burrito there on a trip to california so it's something simple like that that might trigger your initial interest in a company. Um, and I suppose if you think about um, that in our everyday context, it might be that you get a great gift, for example, or you start realising that when you're looking for a gift for somebody, you always default to one company mm-hmm. who they do like the best products and there's nobody really that you'd want to go with um, other than that company. And then you think, well, hang on, if that's what I'm doing, that's probably what everyone else is doing. Um, and these guys have actually got really, really great potential to grow into other areas. And mm. then and then you start putting your business hat on and thinking, you know what, um, they've got X, Y, Z opportunity. Let's have a look at the, you know, the, the company, the accounts themselves. Um you look into the you accounts. You said something quite scary there. Look at the accounts themselves. Yeah, that is quite scary, isn't it? I remember when I first started investing, um, I had this quite naive idea that I could get away with investing without understanding accounts. Um, and if there's one thing that listeners take away from this, one, that you can't get away with looking with not looking at accounts, but two, don't be afraid of it. Yeah, um, They're actually not that daunting at all. Um, is worth spending time 
um, understanding accounts. Um, like accountants are not geniuses, are they? They're not. So if they can do it, we can do it. And to be honest, when I've spoken to accountants about um, looking at accounts for a company uh, in the context of analysing something for investment, yeah, they're actually not the best people to speak to um, because they're looking at it from a particular technical point of view. Mm. So it's like, you know, in our world, so for the viewers, Ibrahim and I are lawyers, corporate lawyers. So in our world, if you want someone to look at a legal document to understand if it works not from a legal perspective but if it just works from a commercial perspective yeah often you're not really speaking to legal people you'll you'll you know you'll pass it on to the client who'll have a look at it and say actually no that doesn't really achieve what we want it to achieve yeah um so i suppose what i'm saying is that when you look at accounts from an investing angle you look for the right things Mm. or you hope you look for the right things um where accountants can be good is um, helping you spot certain red flags and things like that. And there are loads of tricks that you can use um, to spot things like that, hopefully. Um, but what I want you guys to take away is that with accounts, you can definitely get to know them quite quickly and get comfortable around them. And you should get comfortable around them because they're really, really important. They're they're basically a snapshot of the company that you're investing in. Yeah. So if you're going to put your hard money, hard-earned money into a, into a company you jolly well should know what their accounts look like because that's that's the business of the company. So, all right, so let's take a step back. Let's say you've got £1,000 sat in your account right now. Mm. Um, what are like? What's the next steps to actually build a portfolio? So, in my mind, it's you need to think about how many stocks should I be aiming at for a start. Yeah. So, I think 10 is probably a decent number diversified enough you know 20s great you know it, it depends again on your risk appetite and maybe we can talk about this in yeah future it's, episodes. A whole, it's a whole different episode i suppose but broadly let's say 10 let's let, say 10 yeah let's say 10. it depends how much money you've got as well yeah. right? i mean if you've got a million quid yeah you probably don't want to spread it over 10 companies because that'll be quite a small number quite risky yeah quite risky um so in broad terms basically you know how do you think about it do you i mean do you think about so we're quite young um so i i would only put my uh money into about 10 to maximum 15 stocks yeah um and i'd prefer it to be nearer 10 rather than 15 and the reason for that is because we're young we can hold companies for quite a while we don't have loads of money um compared to someone who's like 65 yeah who's got hundreds of thousands if not more than that saved up Mm. um so i'm quite you know quite aggressive in my investment approach yeah and so that's you know that i would say 10 but obviously if you're like 50 and you've got uh four kids and you're saving for the uh marriage of one of them and the university fees for the other one yeah then obviously you know you can't afford to take a hit yeah whereas what we can do is afford to take that hit yeah because we know that there's potential for a lot of gain yeah and we've got like we've thrown our uh you know, fishing, uh, what do you call those hook things? Yeah, baits. Uh, baits. We've thrown our baits into the river and we can sit there for, for 10 years, no problem. Whereas if you're 55, you can't sit there for 10 years, no problem. Yeah. If like, if some shark comes along and pulls you down, yeah. to continue this analogy, it's game over. It's game over. Whereas if some, some shark comes along and pulls us down, we'll just let go of the fishing rod and be like, fine, have our 1K or 2K. We'll get another fishing rod. Exactly, we'll get another fishing rod. Yeah, no, that's a good point because um, it's really important that 
as individuals we think about our risk appetite um so you know like you said if if you're young and you can afford to take a few hits um a bit like tyson fury he took two hits didn't he um so if you're young you can get back up and it's not really a problem um so you can afford to be a bit more aggressive um in the hope of greater returns but if you're not that young then you don't really want to be risking that so so yeah what's so let's all right let's um take a stock of where we are we've said it's not rocket science yeah um it's not gambling no um, or at least we've parked the question of if it is gambling um if you're day trading yeah I mean, my personal view is probably not gambling even then but um i know other people uh, uh, scholars have disagreed with that mm. um so all right so not not um but i think when, when we're talking about when we're talking about investing we're thinking about it from a long-term angle yeah right so that's not gambling um and then it's uh it's open to everyone to do you, you can start today right yeah um if you research some stocks and um read I, i'd recommend reading a few books um so yeah. uh look online have a look on our website actually we've got an article on um investing and you know investing from a complete beginner's guide there are loads of articles actually that we've done yeah um, and there are some books on there but briefly i'll mention probably two or three so the first one's the one i mentioned at the top of the podcast which is peter lynch one up on wall street um the other one that i quite like um is the little book of value investing is a really good one yeah uh benjamin graham the intelligent investor yeah that's, that's quite heavy it's quite heavy for a, for a beginner yeah um there's also i mean so as you know like we 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 quite like to go for smaller companies um and there's a book called the zulu principle which if you're in, interested in looking at smaller companies um on the stock market so things at the more junior end of the scale where perhaps the growth potential is quite high um but also the risk is quite high um the zulu principle is a really good book for an intro on on all that stuff interesting i'll have to read that i've not actually read that um and then i suppose the final thing to say is um you have to make sure that all your stocks are actually halal mm. um and we're actually running a course on this um in the next uh, when's it 13th of january yeah um so we'll take you through step by step on actually how to screen a stock from a um shareholder perspective because we get quite a few emails um from you guys asking us to do precisely this um and we've realized that we need to not only just tell you how it's done but to show you how it's done yeah um and obviously we'll be uh, as part of that whole process we'll be uh taking you through from start to finish on how it how it happens um so yeah do please sign up on that uh it will be it's a great way of supporting what we're doing at IFG um so um if you know if you believe in what we're doing and you've been following us um it will be great for you to um participate and also uh sign up to our website uh on the, our email list and um we do regular tafsir sessions as well on YouTube which you'll find on our website as well um there's lots going on basically um yeah the course the link i think is um if you go on the islamicfinanceguru.com website there's a tab at the top that says courses and if you click on there you'll find the course um as ibrahim said we do we do the tafsir we've got loads of articles 
um, yeah, subscribe. You'll you'll be the first to hear about anything that we do, and also subscribe to this podcast so you get all the future episodes. Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi. Wa barakatuh.